Welcome to the Pass Forward Podcast, Episode 5, Boston, New York. I am Corey Draper, and I have two friends that are not Corey Draper, Colin Harmon. That Hi, Colin. is me. Hi, Colin. And Wes Allen. Hey, you guys. Welcome back, guys. I'm glad to see you survived Halloween. Yes. No spiders popped out of your face, I assume. Not you know, yet. No possessed dolls tried to murder you. Debatable. At least in your dreams. At least not for me. So that was a win. That is accurate. Or no life-size Barbies. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our, la- our last episode, I highly recommend you do. It's our Halloween episode and that's what we're referencing right now. So you're missing out if you're not in on the jokes. So go back and listen to it. I know it's past Halloween, um, but this episode is probably, probably my favorite. We got to peer into what terrified us as youths. Yes. And it's really it's already in the past and we're reminiscing of something that just happened. So yeah. if you're not under appreciated for that, yeah. then you don't understand this. Podcast I mean, we're all well. about the past, right? Yeah. Um, we've got some great feedback from some of you as to what scared you. Uh, one of them was Colin's brother, Cody. Mentioned an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of the Dollmaker. Do either of you remember this one? Uh, I remember watching it, and we took that in together, and it was yeah. it was creepy at the yeah. time, for sure. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but just look, looking at the, the the pictures of it, the screenshots, kind of. Yeah, I mean, think, you know how I am with possessed dolls. I, mean, <laughs> I, I assume it's not a possessed doll. But. Yeah, I think a girl was missing, <laughs> and it turns out she was in the dollhouse. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, she became a doll. Yeah. It's scary. Was, oh. It was a creepy one, for sure. Yeah. Interesting. We also got one from Jonathan Maloney. Mentioned unsolved mysteries, mm-hmm. which I'm actually – that was kind of a fail on our part. For not, yeah. I, I, mean, I read that and I was like, oh, he's so right. That still haunts me to this day. Yeah. Like, I mean that – Robert Stack was just like the perfect host for that, mm-hmm. had that really deep voice. And yeah. it was creepy. I remember they covered alien abductions and mm-hmm. ghost stories and, yeah. which and things like that. does not go great with the way that my brain processed ghost stories and alien encounters no. back in the day. So I remember watching that way too late at night and just drinking that in uh, in all the wrong ways when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. like, so this here's, is how the world works. It's terrifying. So you remember this song? Uh, it's really yeah. creepy and really yeah. eerie. Lots of little shiny lights in your eyes. Yeah. Uh, it's like chilling, right? Yeah, it's a little like psycho-ish. Like whoever wrote that, kudos to them. I mean, that always... I mean, just hearing that song kind of creeped me out. Anyway, no more of that. <laughs> uh, so that was a good pull. Thanks, thanks a lot, uh, Cody and Jonathan, for uh, interacting with us on Twitter. We love it when you guys do that. Yes. And keep them coming. We love discussing this stuff with everyone, not just ourselves. So uh, we also have a few new iTunes reviews, and I'll read one real quick. It's from our friend Dr. Top Hat, <laughs> which we have deduced through inside jokes that is one of our former coworkers, Sam. Uh, he says, this past forward podcast reminds me of a different time, the past specifically. Colin, Corey, and Wes strike a fun nostalgic tone as they reminisce for an hour or so. Between the three of them, it seems like they've got every area of the 80s and 90s pop culture covered, except video games, but there's not enough podcasts about those, or there is enough podcasts about those already. Since I was born in 1990, I missed the 80s entirely, and I somehow managed to avoid some classic 90s stuff as well, so it's been fun to catch up on everything I missed out on. Highly recommended. 
Thank you, Sam. And yes. sorry about not talking about video games too much. I did mention a video game in the first episode, but mm. that's, that's basically the extent of my video, video game knowledge from the 90s. Yeah. We'll Pay attention, Sam. Anything. Pay attention. You know, and in the future, we might have somebody who is a little bit more learned yeah. on those things. Uh, we try to bring people in uh, as much as we can that – our, their expertise are not ours. They they uh, expand things and and bring up more conversation on stuff that we haven't talked about in the past or we don't have a whole lot of experience with. And um, speaking of which, for this month for this month's podcast, we have a special treat. You may have been listening to us and thinking, "Wow, these dudes sound super sexy and intelligent and everything," but they don't cover anything to do with the stuff that I grew up with as a female. Uh, I assume that you are a female if you think that. Mm. I assume we have female listeners. I know we have at least one. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and uh, we you, now have a female guest with us. She was born in the early 80s, 1983 to be specific. She is very knowledgeable with all the things, both female and non-female. She grew up with two brothers. Mm. And she, her wheelhouse is music, so we'll get a little bit into that. We haven't really talked about music yet, so Not we're going to talk about that in this podcast. And this guest is none other than my sister, Ashley Draper Sanchez. Say hey. hi, Ashley. Yeah, there she is. Hey. She's coming uh, into this podcast through the interwebs um, yes. via Skype. And she's living down uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. And she, we have her Skyped in, so... She'll sound a little different. We might have some technical difficulties, but we'll we'll try to run with it as best as we can. She also has three wild children that are always screaming Unruly. in the background. <laughs> so no, they're awesome. They're awesome. Um, but you might hear them in the background. So if you hear that, don't freak out. So uh, thanks for joining us, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here. It's very fun. I know Ashley is actually a very '80s name. Like I think it you, is, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like that and Jessica, I think. <laughs> is your point, Ashley spelled weird? Is it like a crazy spelling of Ashley, or is it? No, it is the OG spelling. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, good job, parents. At one point in time, it was the number one name for many years. I guess it was in the in the '80s because we know a ton. Yeah, of Ashley's. I definitely do. That is for sure. It was always I was Ashley. I was Ashley D. Ashley D. Mm. Yeah, you couldn't just be Ashley. Growing yeah. up in the 80s, because there were always five other people with that name in your yeah. class. Well, that's terrible. We actually have another Ashley in our family. What? Our brother married an Ashley. Oh. So, <laughs> so your parents are lazy now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is really confusing because now our sister in law is now Ashley Draper, and uh-huh. our original Ashley Draper is now Ashley Sanchez. Oh. How common so the name was. So you went from past tense of a verb of Ashley to a plural of your own name. Excellent. Yeah, it's yeah. really mm-hmm. confusing. In fact, Ash, my sister-in-law Ashley, her her mom consistently sends me emails like <laughs> on a daily, <laughs> daily basis. Well, and you also had uh, an interesting thing happen during election season, right? Yeah, I uh, they they actually almost didn't let me vote in the last presidential election. Because they, uh, I hadn't legally changed my name yet, even though, even though I had already been married, I hadn't gone through every single channel I needed to go through to have my name changed. And mm-hmm. so I tried to vote, and they were like, no, you already voted in Jacksonville. And I'm like, no, no. Forget the busload of people that somebody just brought in. <laughs> <laughs> that probably really shouldn't be voting. But, yeah, they, they almost didn't let me vote, but wow. I did it. 
Well, super tabs for Florida for stepping up their tracking of voting game in yeah. their categories. Right. <laughs> yeah, the year 2000, or I guess 1999. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, They've had better track records for sure. Or was it? It was 2000. Yeah. It was 2000, the election with the hanging chads and all that stuff. Yep. It's not, uh, it's not a fun time for Florida Floridians. <laughs> not their proudest moment. Yeah, not their proudest moment. Um, but yeah, Ashley, I, I said music is kind of your, your wheelhouse, but I know you had tons of things that you grew up with and really attached yourself to, I guess, and specifically female-centric things. So what are some of the things that you grew up with aside from the music realm that you, you loved that were specifically for females? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I, I think everybody's favorite, but it's kind of generational. Actually, I don't know if they have them now. It's I probably will find out soon as I have a three-year-old little girl. But the Easy Bake Oven, obviously, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's really big. And Corey, actually, I mean, that's a big part of our relationship. Yes, it is. I, many, I bribed him many a time to clean my room with baked goods <laughs> fresh from the Easy Bake Oven. Yeah, so. she would offer me some Easy Bake Oven ingredients, like oh. not even like a full bake. <laughs> Bake. I wouldn't even bake the cake. Yeah, she would just give me like the chocolate stuff that came with it <laughs> to clean her room, to make her bed, to do her chores. And I fell for it every time. I'm like, sure. Yeah. And was totally, I mean, we've learned from last episode how manipulative she was as a child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Do you still talk to the, to the drain? <laughs> dude, I, I remember that so clearly. I was <laughs> duped, dude. That's. That was maybe one of the moments I knew that what I wanted to do for the rest of my life was to convince people I was something that I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, and speaking of which, Ashley has has made a career out of being a performer. She was uh, with Disney for, what, six, seven years? Eight years. Eight years. Um, yeah. yeah, she helped open the Kong- Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh. She was Alice in Wonderland. She was in the Finding Nemo musical down in Orlando, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, which one were you – what years were you doing that in Animal Kingdom? Uh, from the year it opened. So let's see. We opened it in 2007 uh, all the way until a couple years ago. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance I probably saw you in that without knowing it because we were yeah, there there's, in there's 2000. What were you? I did almost every – I did pretty much every female role in that show with the exception of Dory and, um, and Nemo. So basically all the other characters in, oh, okay. the, in the show. Crush. Except for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Uh, it was it's a fantastic show. If you haven't been there, uh, yeah. or if you've been to Animal Kingdom and skipped that show, you missed out because it's it's a really really well done show. But anyway, back to things that I did not. Have already happened. I tell you what I, I did not have. I did not have a my size Barbie. Although <laughs> yes, thank God. <laughs> it would have it would have been taller than me probably, which is the reason why. But I I did not have that. But I did have. I don't, Corey, I don't know if you remember this game, but this is a big one for me. I, we were really into board games. You know, kids these days yeah. don't know anything about board games. Uh, I mean, but we we played board games all the time. But I had this one called Dream Phone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you remember that game? Oh yeah. Yeah, and so they had like these cards with these handsome men on it, and um and. And they had phone numbers on them, and you sure did pick up your phone, and you called the number, and they would be like, hey, I think you're really cute. I want to go on a date with you. I don't remember the purpose of the game. (laughs) Just to Um, make you feel insecure at a young age? (laughs) I mean, it's like what chick flicks are to women now. It's basically everything that they market to girls is all about making them feel like they're wanted Mm. by some dreamy man. Yeah, if they're not, they're nothing. But I remember that game well because I played it with you a lot. (laughs) Yes. Also, Mall Madness was another Mall one. Mall Madness. Oh, yeah. I remember Mall which, Madness for sure. Which came with its own credit card. It was a MasterCard that sponsored it. So that was very 
terrific product placement. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> teaching you great financial yeah. um, habits. For the things you want. That's yeah. the American way. This magical piece, yeah, magical piece of plastic that will buy you anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I really thought of it that way too. I didn't understand why you can just go out and get. Wait, you just get a piece of plastic. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, what were you, what were some of the shows that you? like to watch. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I was obsessed. And this is more of an 80s thing. I know sometimes it's hard when like you're born, even, even I, you know, I was born in 83. So while that's still technically early 80s, like, you know, it, it's hard to really connect with 80s cartoons, I think for our generation. Um, but I did have a huge cartoon that I loved and I watched every morning. Um, and that was called Jim, which they're making a movie mm-hmm. of. Yeah. A horror yes. movie. A horrible, oh, terrible it- no good, very bad movie. Yeah, it just came out. It got really bad reviews. Oh. <laughs> it bombed. <laughs> I was obsessed with that show. I think I was Jim three years in a row for Halloween. Uh, I had my keytar. Yes. Nice. Vital. Vital. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. Wish I still had a keytar. That'd be awesome. Do you, are you guys familiar with Jim? Did you guys oh, watch yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what it is for sure. I, so, always, I always got confused. I always thought it was kind of tied to Barbie, but I don't think it was Oh, at all, no, right? no. See, Barbie yeah. tried. Barbie tried. Yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Barbie came in and tried, and they had like this – as soon as they saw how popular Jim was, they came out and had this thing called Barbie and the Rockers. And I can remember <laughs> as a little girl being like, don't play. <laughs> you ain't no. You're not Jim. <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Yeah, it, it was Jim was awesome, but it actually still shows in the morning and um, at like seven a.m. Oh, really? Up, yeah, definitely up at that time. And I turned it on a couple times for my daughter. And it's funny when you try to force things. On. I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> isn't it great? Like, listen, and she's kind of like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So where's my Doc McStuffins? But I try to watch it whenever it comes on. Still, it takes me back. It's a good show. Yeah, I, I barely remember the show. Um, but I mean, I do, I do remember you watching it. I don't think I ever got into it. One of the ones that I did watch a lot with you was My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, that's another one that's, it's like everything old oh, is yeah. new. And, and My Little Pony is huge right now. And actually that is a show that my daughter loves. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's this creepy following with My Little Pony. Oh yeah. We've had some of them on a podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know if I would have been considered a brony back then, but I definitely liked watching that with you. And also, I watched Rainbow Bright with you. I remember watching that oh, one. Yeah, I watched a lot of Rainbow Bright as a kid. I just came across like a really creepy photo of my sister. She was wearing a Rainbow Bright costume, <laughs> and it was like you know the ones with the the mat, the plastic mask, and the apron, and all that stuff. Yeah, and the the eye holes on it was like in the forehead because she had like the hair or whatever. Uh, yeah. it was the creepiest looking thing. Yeah. I also loved, I don't know if you remember, um, Polly Pocket or not. Oh, yeah. I was oh, just yeah. going to ask that. I love that you got to that. My answer. wife still has, she, <laughs> she doesn't have a whole lot from her uh, childhood, but she has an entire box of all of those with all the pieces and everything. It's yeah, very awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, there's so many of those. Do you guys house. remember the boy version of Polly oh, yeah. Pocket? Was that uh, Max? Mighty, Mighty, Mighty Max? Max, yeah. yeah. Oh. There was a boy yeah. version? Yeah. I I think I just had Lego. I didn't have any yeah. of those. Yeah, and that, it was Mighty Max, and they had a show. It was a Mighty Max show. Do you remember I that don't cartoon? remember the show. Yeah, it was a cartoon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the the little miniature figurines. With the and, tiniest pieces ever. Yeah. Huh. And it's funny how like that was like the like the uh, – the Easy Bike Oven that we came up with Creepy Crawlers. Like, there was oh, yeah. always, like, a boy version yeah. that mm-hmm. always had to kind of try and trump the girl version or something <laughs> like that. That's funny. The boys just I, didn't have enough. 
I say, I will say one thing that's really strange about, you know, like being, being a mother and having, <clears throat> having children is looking at the things they have now and like trying to remember our version of it. And one of the things, one of the toys I remember having as a kid that I absolutely loved was Corey, I don't know if you remember me having these or not, but, um, they were fat, they were called fashion plates. Do you remember that? Oh. Fashion plates. Is that yeah. kind of like where you would have like a like a head, a chest, and a, like a like yes. legs or something, and you would kind of draw? It yeah. had something to do with drawing. Oh, yeah. You draw, you're drawing like outfits or something. Yeah, it's like literally like Stone Age. Like you would take, you have the paper and you have the charcoal, and you're rubbing it over yeah, the yeah. plate. Like ah. on, like this is you know, like we're hi- writing hieroglyphics. And now my daughter you know, has the iPad and she sure does pull up an app and she like gets to design this Barbie like and she gets to, you know, these elaborate, you know, pre-made dresses and she can like do Barbie's makeup and put on her dress and I'm like thinking to myself like rubbing this charcoal pencil. (laughs) (laughs) So crazy. And you only had like four outfits or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you could change it up. You'd be like, oh, well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll use a yellow pencil next time. (laughs) Yeah, my sisters totally had that. Yeah, I remember. I think I had the boy version of that. That was like monsters and something like that. Like there was like you could make different. Like the torsos were you know half monster on top and just legs on the bottom. I remember having something like that. Yeah, yeah. That was the boy version of that, which is really funny. Hmm. Uh, So I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this. I don't know if you were planning on mentioning this, but I know a big TV show in your childhood was Saved by the Bell. Oh yeah, huge. Um, Yeah, I, I, uh, I. Have seen every episode of that show a million times over. It also comes on about seven a.m. in the morning. Still, I try to catch it. I'm glad they still play it because yeah. I mean it's just I mean it's probably it's definitely not timeless as far no, as the style. Not. But I wonder. I mean, if they're still playing it, it must be still getting ratings, right? Yeah, I, you know, I I will, and, and it was actually really impactful for me in the sense of like I can remember. Kelly Kapowski is who I wanted to be. And like, if you like, honestly, like as a kid, I was like, that is, that is the woman. Like that is what you're supposed to look like is Kelly Kapowski. And that actually, like, if you, if you look at pictures of me as I've grown up, like I definitely am no Tiffany Amber Thiessen, but like I sure did like wear my hair like her, like long and, you know, straight. And like, I, I, it's just so funny. Like I tried to emulate Kelly Kapowski. That was who I wanted to be. Uh, I actually ended up sitting. I had a dinner next to Tiffany Amber Thiessen this past March. Did oh, I yeah? tell you about that? No, you didn't tell me about that. We were in Los Angeles for John's sister's wedding, my husband's sister's wedding, and we were eating at a, a restaurant there. And um, her, her and her husband were sitting at the table next to us. And my son and her daughter, about the same age, and my son went over and macked on her daughter. Had <laughs> <laughs> a boy. Yeah, they time out. I was chatting up Tiffany Amber Thiessen, and I'm like, "This is so strange. I wanted to be her so bad." But Saved by the Bell was huge for me, man. I mean, not only did I want to be Kelly Kapowski, but I mean, Zach, you know, just was like that was that the was epitome like, of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually I found out something interesting listening to the Nerdist podcast. Mark Paul Mark Paul Gosler was on the Nerdist podcast like last week, two weeks ago, and they asked him about like, so it's in syndication all the time. Are you just getting loads of money from this? And he's like, nope, just not, oh, wow. not at all. And apparently just, you know, since they were teenagers, the contracts they signed just did not favor them at all. Gosh. So terrible. it's still, it's, you know, one of the most popular shows ever. It's still in syndication and has been basically since it went off the air. And yeah. they see very little, if any, residuals from 
the oh. DVD sales, like anything that came out just because of the crappy contracts they signed as kids. Oh, <laughs> I mean, bad. but how could you? How could you even? No, predict? you're just excited yeah. to be on TV. Exactly. You're like, yeah, I have a show, like this is it. This is going to be my big break, and you know. Yeah. And actually, but he's gone on to do lots of stuff. Yeah, so he's all of them have really, except for Screech. Well, I was going to say, well, then he writes like a tell-all, like yeah. then he like yeah. Did well, he like end up in jail somehow? Yeah, and he's like he stabs somebody in a bar fight and all this other weird stuff. And <laughs> he's one of those people where it's adult like films. it's like Danny Bonaducci, where it's like somebody tells you a crazy story about him that can't be true, but everybody's like, yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna regurgitate it to all my friends because I'm, I'm not even gonna fact check you on anything that you say about Dustin Diamond because it's probably true. So, Ashley, how did? All of this, is there, is there a way in which all of this stuff that you took in, pop culture, like shows, toys, TV, music, how did it impact you, who you are today? Like you mentioned Jim, like did that, was that really what inspired you to perform for a living or was it other things or was it all of them? Hey, it was just a combination. Like I think music just in general, Jim definitely, like I, her holding that microphone and working on stage definitely triggered uh, something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was drawn to that, you know, at an early age. And so definitely like music for me, like I was definitely your typical, like when you think of like teenage angst, like I was the girl who came home from school and I locked myself in my room and I turned on the radio and I just listened to music. Like that's what I did. <laughs> my, my boom box. Take me away, Savage Garden. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's like kind of, <clears throat> I kind of was a little older when Savage Garden was popular. Um, and I was trying to be, I think at that point, not into, you know how you do when you get a little bit older, you're like, I'm not into the popular stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. We all try I think I was, yeah. And so, although I definitely like myself some sync, that's for sure. I can't, <laughs> I can't deny that. But um, yeah, so music was my, is kind of my wheelhouse. Like Corey said, I literally went to my room every day, turned on the radio. And as we all did, and I know you guys mentioned this on a past podcast, but like hit that record button on that boom box to get that. You know, oh, to yeah. get that song. Make the mixtape. The best we could. Mixtape. And Corey and I even several times put together our own radio shows. Yeah. And yeah. Would, I would be the traffic person. And <laughs> or we would. We would do commercials, the whole nine yards. Yep. Um, but music shaped me for sure. Like, I, uh, but I loved, I had a very eclectic taste in music. Like, I know a lot of people, like my husband, for instance, he'll tell you, he knows a lot about 80, 90s alternative music because that's what he listened to was alternative. And my older brother was kind of the same way, but I listened to literally everything. So I could tell you about pop music from the nineties. I can tell you about rap. I can tell you about R and B. I can tell you about alternative. Cause I was just sort of, that's all I did was listen to music. Yeah. And I mean, it was like that. I remember that being that way since I was really little, I remember we would like, we would be riding in a car and a song I had never heard before would come up. And it would even be before our time sometimes, and she would know every word to it. Hmm. And I'm like, how do you know the words? And she just shrugged her shoulders. She's just like, I, I'm totally I, awesome. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, she. it's pretty incredible the things that she retained as far as music and lyrics and stuff. And this actually is a great transition to our next section where we're, we're going to be talking all about music and the things that we listened to growing up. And we, you mentioned the generation we grew up in, we definitely remember – as far back as cassette tapes, not as far back as eight tracks probably, but I, the first medium that each and every one of us had likely was a cassette tape. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess we can, we can start with Ashley and we'll, we'll move on. What was the first cassette tape, the earliest 
tape that you owned? Well, the uh, the earliest tape that I own, and Corey, you probably remember us playing this all the time because we shared it. We had to share yeah. the set, but um, it was the New Kids on the Block. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. It's nice. uh, a good first. So, yeah. Um, we loved, I mean, of course, now, we did have cassette tapes before that, but it was mainly, like, contemporary Christian music, or, like, Christian music. Um, it wasn't, like, mainstream music. So that was definitely <laughs> the first mainstream uh, and Cor- and my older brother, actually, he's going to love that I called him out on this. Um, him and I were really big New Kids on the Block fans. So we played yeah. that. We played that tape out, man. You did. And actually, I have a really broad range just because of having two older siblings. So if I, if I was an only child, I would probably know nothing of New Kids on the Block. Yeah. You know, I would... Who knows if I would have gotten into Saved by the Bell, stuff like that. So I do remember that. I remember knowing the uh, uh, oh, oh, and just all of the different songs that they had. Yeah. Which you both kind of have the older siblings thing. You yeah. and Wes both my, have My that. sisters were obsessed with it. Do you all remember? I think New Kids on the Block had a cartoon, didn't they? <laughs> Probably. They, like a yeah. brief cartoon? Most likely. If you, if you were popular in the 80s, you got a Saturday morning cartoon. Probably. Yeah. And it was out never out canceled everything. for years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Amazingly. totally. So, Colin, what was yours? Uh, let's see. The very first tape that I was given was uh, Michael Jackson Dangerous. Okay. Uh, was the whole tape. I got it in an cool. Easter basket uh, from my parents. <laughs> or, well, from the Easter Bunny uh, parents. Spoiler alert. But it was Sorry, actually kids. from my parents. And uh, I remember at the time being like, am I adult enough for this? Like, I remember <laughs> being like, my parents just got me this. Like, I don't even know what's on here. Yeah. He grabs his crotch. <laughs> yeah. But I had like black or white on it and jam and all the other ones yeah. that were like big. So I remember that being one that I just played constantly that I'm sure they super regretted buying for me at the time. But I played it a lot and know all those songs through and through because it was like my first possession of music that I owned. And so it just embodied it. Yeah. What about you, Wes? Uh, my, I think mine was the uh, Batman soundtrack from 1989, the Tim Burton version. version. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the score. Prince did an entire album for uh, the Batman movie, and apparently, like uh, uh, Prince was supposed to share it with Michael Jackson. Like ah. Prince was supposed to do the funk songs, and Michael Jackson was supposed to do the love ballads. But Prince got so into it that he just <laughs> did the entire thing. Prince so, did. like, I don't think my parents knew that they were actually buying me a Prince cassette, <laughs> but like, I got super into it. That sounds like a story, like just. You know, I don't really know. I don't know a whole lot about Prince. The most I know about Prince is the stories from the Chappelle show, you know, and that just sounds like <laughs> he sounds so crazy from that show. It's like, OK, yeah. I could totally I see actually, I remember Prince was actually the first I, the, I can remember the first video I ever saw on MTV and it was actually a Prince video. And I actually can remember like standing in front of the TV, like with my eyes, like like my head cocked, like, what am I, what am I watching right now? I don't know. Yeah. I'm feeling things. I'm <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, well, my my first one, my first tape. It's it's hard because I remember Ashley, you having new new kids on the block. I remember Tony, our older brother, having. Uh, I remember him buying Gangsters Paradise uh, by Coolio. Mm-hmm. And but I was trying to think. I don't know if I ever actually owned a, a cassette tape because my older siblings had it. Oh. But the earliest one I do remember wearing out and listening to um, was the Lion King soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Where we had a side A, which was all the Disney songs, side B, which was all the Elton John songs. Mm-hmm. That's so funny because that's, that's the first CD I remember having. Yeah, yes. we eventually got the CD. <laughs> like, I mean, we were so obsessed with The Lion King, we eventually 
you know, got the CD, yeah. even though we already had the tape, because we got these new boom boxes with CD players, and we could play CDs now. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. That was, the thing that's funny is the reason I remember for, I mean, The Lion King was the first CD that I was ever gifted as well, which was pretty awesome. Um, but the thing that is so funny for me is the reason that I felt so guilty about getting the Michael Jackson one is because I had the same year asked for Criss Cross, and my mom took me to Warehouse Music, and we were like, oh, yeah. And the guy's like, let me take you to the Christopher Cross section, which oh, is a very no. different genre of music. <laughs> and I get it. And I was like, no, this is not it. And he's like, oh, well, this is all we have. And we walked out. And I remember being so disappointed, being like, nobody gets me. And I'm like six years old. But like, nobody gets me. Nobody understands who I am. So like the Jump Jump song, right? Yep. I wanted it so bad. Which you're actually from Atlanta. No, not that song, Corey. The crisscross will make it. <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, that's it. exactly what I hear every time I hear the word jump, thanks to Van Halen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember in first grade hearing Jump Jump, and that was being all the rage. Like in our assemblies, they would always play. Oh, yeah. Jump, I tried for one day wearing my clothes backwards. Like that, <laughs> oh, yeah. It did not work out well when I had to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember having, uh, you know, how Looney Tunes would always try to integrate themselves into pop culture. Yeah. I remember, I think my brother had this shirt. Oh, I had that shirt. <laughs> like Daffy or. Uh, Daffy and Bugs. Yeah, Daffy and Bugs. Daffy and like standing with their arms crossed. Yeah, I had that poster. It was Taz and Bugs. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, right. Yeah, Taz and Bugs. Yeah, yeah, and on the well. back of that shirt, it showed the back of them. And you could see like both perspectives. Yeah, I totally had that shirt. I had that poster. It hung in my my parents or my room. Yeah. So then, what were your first house. CDs that came out? Uh, the first CD that I had was like you said. I had the Lion King soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It was the first CD that was given. Uh, it was given to you. Yeah. Okay. That was the first thing I I ever owned that was my own. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of like tale or story to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we kind of, it I was like obviously the de facto for all of us in that time period. It was when Disney was in its. You know, high point. That was the beginning of a lot more. Yeah, I feel like that whole album really brought our family together because all of us like knew mm-hmm. all the songs. I can remember yeah. like being in the car and just like all of us singing yep. along to it. Totally, it's... still remember all the words. Oh, yeah. So much Elton John. I never knew it was coming. <laughs> what about you, Wes? What was your first CD? Uh, first CD that I I didn't actually own, but I kind of shared it with my sisters was Offspring uh, Smash. Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember the first time hearing it, I was driving in the car with my two sisters. We were driving to the bowling alley, and I remember we were just blaring it. And uh, my favorite song was it was for uh, Self Esteem. And, yeah. and and I just remember that beginning part, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I just loved that album. And that kind of introduced me into, not knowing it at the time, but kind of introduced me into kind of punk rock and stuff. Because like Green mm-hmm. Day and Offspring kind of mainstream punk rock into the 90s or whatever. So, yeah, that was, it's still such a good album for me. Like it just brings me right back. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Ashley, did you see, did you say yours? <clears throat> well, I mean, I remember, actually, I remember getting the boombox for Christmas and we, I got two CDs with that. And one of them was... The Lion King soundtrack. Um, right. The other one that I got at the same time was Bon Jovi Crossroads. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. So, that takes me back. Yeah, yeah. I love me some Bon Jovi. Um, uh, and spe- specifically the song off that album, Always, um, mm. which is a terrific song. And, and we loved it so much, like the three of us, the siblings, we used to blast that song in the house all the time and sing it out loud. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so that was a, that was a great album. It actually was sort of like a comp, uh, an album, like kind of had some of their greatest hits on it. Um, with just a few, uh, you know, few new releases basically. So it was a good album though. 
Man, my sister was completely obsessed with Bon Jovi and uh, that was that was like the thing you knew about her. So even at like a super young age, I was probably like two or three or something like that when I would be like strolling around in public. Anytime I saw someone with long hair, I would call out Bon Jovi. I would call them <laughs> Bon Jovi. My first CD was one I don't think I bought. I think it was given to me. Actually, no, I do remember my bro- my my big brother gave it to me. When he was kind of done with it, he bought it, <laughs> didn't really care for it, and then just gave it to me. Hand me down to a CD. I wore it out, and that was Weird Al Yankovic's Bad Hair Day. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's actually the first CD that I bought. That myself. you bought, oh, yeah, yeah. So cool. That one is what you, you exchanged money for. Was yes, the first one. Okay. I saved up my own money and bought Weird Al. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, I'm extremely biased, but I feel like it was the best one. It had Amish Paradise. Oh in yeah, it. that was a really it had good Gump. one. Gump, yeah, yeah totally. That was a phony one. calls. Oh man, <laughs> the TLC Don't one. Go making phony calls. Gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I think the first CD that I actually paid money for um, was Mace Harlem World. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, which is pretty sad, really. I think that was like later was on. Was that in the through 90s. Columbia? Uh, no, this was like kind of started that tipping point of me like, well, what else can I get? And then. Uh, that's where Columbia House. I think I spent still a lot of money owe there. Columbia money. I think they're still trying to collect. Uh, <laughs> if they're trying, they're missing out. I've moved enough times to get away from them. <laughs> but fast as fast can be, you'll never catch me. <laughs> um, oh man, America's funniest people references. Oh man, I know everyone will like those. Um, Sad. Okay, I totally so that. so let's go to let's go to specific songs then. Okay, like these, and these don't have to be ones that you bought. Just like songs that you loved growing up and Ashley we'll start with you well I you're talking about CDs that you bought and I can remember I just have to say this because it's it's funny I can remember the first CD I ever bought and obviously I had just enough money to buy a CD and so you're, you're like all these choices you walk into the store <laughs> you know and you're like ah um and so I can remember just want, need, wanting to choose between Paula Abdul's Head Over Heels album and the Rembrandts. <laughs> wow, they had an album? That's so awesome. Yeah. It, well, you know, they just had the one song just by the that single. was really popular. And I'm like, and I'm like thinking, you know, my my sixth grade self is thinking, man, these guys are going to be huge. I should probably get their album. <laughs> but I did. I went with Paula Abdul, which who knew that would end up to be the better choice in the end. But I, I mean, as far as, okay, so I asking me for like specific songs is really difficult because like I said, I kind of just went to my room. And uh, listen to music all the time. Um, but some some ones that kind of stay in my mind. Um, well, well, I, j- I kind of just said it. It's Stay by Lisa Loeb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that video distinctly. I feel like that that she caused like a mass confusion for lots of males. Because they're like, oh, this chick is really nerdy but also hot. <laughs> and I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember our brother was super obsessed with Lisa Loeb. That was, that was she like made glasses in like she like suddenly girls with glasses were super hot hmm. aside from she's all that which made you to believe that if you put glasses on you're the ugliest thing in the yeah, world until you take them off and you're the you're the desirable yeah do y'all know what movie that was tied to yeah um, reality bites right yeah Ben Stiller <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, you got, I don't know if you guys, again, this is maybe a kind of a female song, kind of like chick songs. You guys might not remember it, but I, I another album that I played out was um, the Janet album, Janet by Janet Jackson. And mm-hmm. she, had oh, yeah. song, she had the song called Again on there. Um, and it was a really big song at the time. And oh, I love that song so much. I, okay, so this is Again by Janet Jackson. It's got kind of a 
Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Just yeah. that that in, that like intro. Yep. Totally brings back. You always have to have a piano intro. Yeah. Yeah. Some electric keys there. This is something you would hear on like the same stations that Delilah was on. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Delilah. Peach, actually that song was from a movie too I think it was when her poetic she had that made this movie called Poetic Justice in the mid 90s so wow that's, that's, pretty, that's I've never heard of that yeah that's an excellent pool because I've never heard of that either <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, okay so do I have time for a couple more I mean, sure go for it songs. Um, uh, uh, the Counting Crows were big for me I love mm-hmm. the Counting Crows um, of course Mr. Jones is a big one and Long December both of them yes. so uh, but like when I hear that those anything from the Counting Crows and specifically anything from that album, I'm like immediately transported back. Yeah, um, it makes me a little teary. I feel like Long December. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, makes me emotional. This is Mr. Jones. I mean, this is like if you if anybody knows Counting Crows, they know Mr. Jones yeah. and My December, and that's basically it. Yeah. But then like they were quintessential 90s band like you hear counting crows you think 90s for yeah. sure oh yeah i saw them and john mayer at the staples center in la and i was like the concert nice. of concerts <laughs> that's amazing yeah, i bet there were a lot concert. of uh stone people at that concert <laughs> oh, very many <laughs> uh, um okay so another one is um i actually Dishwalla. do you remember the band Dishwalla? anybody oh yeah of course barely okay, breathing so they had this song called counting blue cars and, and specifically, like, and I just have this crazy memory, like, when I hear a song, I can immediately go back to, like, the time and place. And so when I hear that song, I'm immediately taken back to the summer of 96 to 97 and um, moving it. We had just moved into a new house and um, Counting Blue Cars, it was a great song. And actually, I mentioned it on Facebook the other day. There was, like, a list of songs from the 90s. And I'm like, oh, does anybody remember Dishwalla? And then randomly, the lead singer from Dishwalla, I guess, was like... <laughs> typing in his band name and <laughs> he just has a notification <laughs> any three years that someone talks about him yeah yeah, yeah. and he so totally crazy. was like hey great to be mentioned and i'm like uh you're welcome thanks yeah. mr dishwalla that was so crazy because like i saw him call comment on your wall and just because you're in the disney circles or whatever i mean you've it's very possible that you met the guy, and so I was like, "Oh, so you know the guy from Dishwalla?" And you're like, "Nope." <laughs> Just randomly commented on my Facebook. Wall. So crazy cool. <laughs> what is this song even about? I have no idea what this song is about. I don't know either. I have no clue. I do remember being kind of scandalized by them saying that God was a woman. Yeah, oh, yeah totally, totally. I'd really like to meet her, and that was like as a kid, I'm like, <gasps> blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good times. Um, yeah. Anything, but of course, anything from Green Day. I mean, again, if you just speaking about bands, the one uh, one other album I have to mention, you guys can totally move on from me. But this was another album that was quintessential in my adolescence, and like I, any song from this album, and it's a big album, um, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite mm, Sadness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That album was incredible. It's still one of the, I think, the best albums. Ever. So which, I mean, did you have a favorite song from that one? I mean, I there think, was so many songs on it. I like 1979, but yes. only because, like, specifically, again, I it, I have that song tied to several memories for me um, uh, and, like, just emotions or whatever I was feeling, you know, being young and, you know, in love or whatever, you know. Like, I just love that song. So that's a good song. Yeah, I mean, you hear this song, the intro, with the little the yeah. guitar riff so or whatever. Warm. It's just, man, and, like, that that double album was crazy good. And I remember just listening to it as you listened to it. I never owned it myself. 
but uh, just the, the amount of songs that came from this, I mean, it was just like, this is another one where it was like, yeah. this was 90s. Yeah, sure. definitely. This is my ultimate, like, cruising song. Oh, like, yeah. if I want to have the windows down and just kind of cruise around the streets, this is like... Totally. My go-to. It's the appropriate amount of, like, upbeat and mellow. Yeah. Yep. So, good stuff. Great stuff, Ashley. Um, let's move on, Colin. Do you have any mentions you want to have? Uh, I think the song that uh, we, we talked about a little bit a few days ago, but I think the song that really uh, sticks out to me from that time period is Delamitri Roll to Me. Yeah. They're a pretty solid one-hit wonder because I cannot mention even a word that they use in any other song, but that one, that two minutes of wonder, <laughs> but I remember it's, very it's deeply. So, it's so catchy from the beginning. Like, Just listen to it. They're British, right? Was that a, they were a British band. I believe so. But it's a it's two minutes and twelve seconds. <laughs> but elite, immediately you're into it. Two minutes of bliss. This song always makes me think of that Family Guy scene where Renee, Renee Zellweger is an ant eater. Yeah, so totally. <laughs> these ants are ruining our picnic. You mean this picnic is ruining our ants? <laughs> Uh, so what yeah, else you got, Colin? That was a really good one for me. Um, pretty much in sync anything. I could say that and cover all my bases. Yeah, I, that's I true. obsessively listen to them, you probably have, to a fault. You obsessively, obsessively listen to in sync. Oh yeah, I mean, did you admit that when you were at that age? Uh, yeah, I was pretty into it. Because it's funny because like I totally listened to a ton of in sync and it was I was like oh my my sister has the albums I'm just you know yeah. but it was like no I really liked <laughs> yeah I was super when, into it when Ashley would listen to in sync albums I totally would dig them and like steal them and listen to them at night when I went to bed and, oh yeah yeah I had that I, we had like Darren's dance grooves like me and my friend had Darren's <laughs> dance grooves and learned a bunch of the the oh, dances yes. and stuff like that which was, was that the one well. where he was like ain't no lie bye bye bye, bye, bye. Like, yes correct <laughs> I just and remember that commercial playing on the TV guy channel. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we I mean, were definitely team in sync. Backstreet Boys were kind of the enemy, but still good. Secretly, they were probably the ones that I denied liking, but not. Okay, well, sync. I mean, let's let's do it. Let's draw the line in the sand. Where do you stand? Is it in sync or Backstreet Boys? Everyone in sync for sure. Like I can remember going to their concert, and I can remember um, there was this moment. I don't know if you've ever been to an in sync concert, but I it haven't. was the no strings attached tour, and there's a moment where Jay, Justin comes out and he's by himself and he starts beatboxing and just doing this whole number by himself and I can remember at that point being like oh snap like okay whoa like this guy's actually got like this is a this is ta- this guy's talented <laughs> he might go somewhere <laughs> yeah like he st- he stands a chance like if anybody in this group does but yeah in sync all the way they were way better than backstreet boys as long as he keeps those cornrows <laughs> which you're so in right now. I have a, a really funny antidote about in sync real quick um you go know the first time I saw them in concert I do, but go ahead. It's actually really funny. Um, I saw them. They were opening up for Michael W. Smith. What? What? Michael W. Smith, for those of you who do not know, is basically adult contemporary Christian. Yes. (laughs) Still, to this day. As contemporary as it can get. And uh, it was in St. Petersburg, Florida. It was at the 4th of July Festival, okay, at the pier, um, which is a landmark that no longer exists, actually, down in St. Petersburg. And... Uh, they, you know, they're from Orlando as most boy bands are based in Orlando at that time. And so they were local pretty much. And so that they just had this gig and they, and I'm like sitting out there waiting for Michael W. Smith and these boys come up on stage and I'm like, yeah, I can get down to this. I think, they were, I think they were singing, um, um, oh, I just went blank. Uh, what was their first? Uh, I want you back maybe, oh, or it wasn't, I want you back. It was the other one tearing up my heart. That's it. It's your turn. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, tearing up my heart. Yeah. Um, 
that was like, yeah, I guess that was their first single. Huh. Yeah. So anyway. So so you were like your hipster NSYNC fan where you just like you knew them before anyone else. Oh, totally. Like <laughs> basically. Yeah. That's the first time that that's ever been said. A hipster <laughs> NSYNC fan. <laughs> yeah, totally. What, what about you, Wes? Uh, I have an 80s pick and a 90s pick. My 80s pick is the outfield Your Love. And that song brings me right back to the skating rink. As soon as I hear the intro, I just picture myself rolling down the skating rink. From the name, but here, I'm going to play it real quick. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. But yeah, like, anytime I hear this, I go right back to the skating rink and, like, I don't know, it just gives me the nostalgia feels. And uh, let's see, my 90s one, which is actually probably my favorite song of all time, which is Oasis Wonderwall. And this one really gives me the nostalgia feels. Like, it, it's slow enough that I can listen to it when I'm bummed out, yeah. but it's just upbeat enough that I can listen to it when I'm in a good mood. And it has, like, the perfect, like, 90s alternative Britpop sound that I love so much. And, like, I feel like the meaning of the song can be so subjective. And I've never looked up what the song means, and I don't think I ever want to because I feel like it would just totally ruin it. <laughs> but, yeah, it brings me right back to... 95, yeah. So Oasis, when they came out, it's just, I mean, they were huge. They blew up. And, yeah. like... I can remember people calling them, like, oh, they're going to be the next Beatles. Beatles, like, yeah. Well, didn't they say that? Didn't one of them say that or something Yeah, they like self-proclaimed. That? And it was kind of like... It's really kind of ironic, because was it John Lennon that said, you know, we're as big as Jesus or bigger than Jesus? <laughs> and that kind of... That, that really hurt them, and then Oasis is like, oh, well, we're and they the Beatles. Look, they kind of look like the Beatles. They had, like, the black bowl cuts and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I always, whenever I hear that song, I always think of uh, Jumper by Third Eye Blind. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, uh, those, yeah. like, are kind That's of synonymous in my head. Thing, yeah. yeah, those two songs. Another uh, 90s one that, like, super nice for me is Not a Surf Popular. Oh, like yeah. I feel like that mm-hmm. that song was like, yeah, I'm totally into '90s music now. It's like <laughs> that just sold me on it. Like it was like full of teenage angst and like being like kind of like the outsider, but kind of like ironically talking about being popular totally. and all that kind of stuff. You know what song was popular during the same time that song was popular? And you totally just reminded me of it because I'm like hearing that song play in my head, and then it just made me think of Butthole Surfers. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. You remember that song? Yeah. Which song? I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, I gotcha. What was that called? What was the title of that? Uh, I remember. It was, uh, I have it on my 90s playlist. <laughs> it was uh, Pepper. 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 Yeah. That's good. Well, this. This song, with I mean, popular, I, I, I didn't know what to think of it. Like, it was yeah. just, it's not really a song. It's yeah. like music. It's a manifesto. <laughs> and but then, once it gets to the chorus, it's just like, yeah. Right. Like, that's the, when I think of 90s alternative, I think of that, that chorus. But yeah. Yeah, that's definitely very angsty. 90s angsty. <laughs> yes, all the way. I feel like we have to mention, if we're talking about 90s alternative, somebody has to mention Eddie Vedder. And like, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he was there. You were talking about like we were kind of talking about before we started recording Creed earlier. And I feel like Creed yeah. kind of sometimes wanted to be Eddie Vedder in the way he like basically Eddie Vedder has never said a vowel. I don't think. I think well, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I, I guess Eddie Vedder, Eddie Vedder started this or at least a lot of people attribute it to him where it was just like, I mean, you had 
Pearl Jam, but then you had Stone Temple Pilots, you had Creed, and it was just a long string of bands where, if you sing like this, you're all of a sudden this rock star. Yeah, it's And, uh, like, I mean, you can even do that for, like, okay, how was the real world? Who just I me? Like, <laughs> like, Matchbox 20. Like, Matchbox 20, you had... Uh, I only want to be real here. <laughs> like you have all of these people who like just really drive home that R yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feel. I, I have something to confess that um, most people I've I've actually ever been afraid. I've never felt comfortable saying it out loud, only to my husband, where I know people are going to hit me. But I am not a Rob Thomas or Matchbook Box Twenty fan at all. <gasps> I'm with you on that one. I, you I have am a friend. too. Yeah. I, I cannot I stand not, them. Thank you. I do not like any of their music at all. I just, Rob, ever, Rob Thomas just annoys the crap out of thank me. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Did I you not like... Ashley, did you not like it back then? No, I always thought his voice was just super annoying. And actually, I don't mind Eddie Vedder's voice, for, but for some reason, yeah. it just got it just grated on me. I don't know. And you know what? They played out that Santana song. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah. that was almost as bad as the Smash Mouth All Star. Oh, like yeah. you cannot get away from yeah. that song on the radio. Oh, my gosh. La Vida Loca. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, is there anything else that either of you guys want to bring up before I move on? Uh, the other well, ones did that, you talk about yours? Oh, I will. I just want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, the only other ones that are different genres for me, but I, like you kind of mentioned Savage Garden, Cherry Cola, and Truly Medley Deeply were kind of like middle school good songs for my brain. And then uh, a random one is uh, Keep It Real by Timbaland. I, it's a really niche one, but I listen to that song a ton. And it kind of falls into this like genre that we keep talking about of like a kind of slower but still upbeat song yeah. to listen to a you lot. You can listen to it at any time. It's just one of those that like I could leave on loop and I never noticed when it started or yeah. when it ended. It just kind of would go the whole time. Yeah, it's totally chill. Like, and This is like the whole mood of pretty much the entire song. song. And so I could just leave it playing on loop while I did whatever. And I was like, yeah, that song is on. And it could play 50 times. And it'd be like, so it's played twice. Yeah. Okay, big deal. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely one of those songs where if it's looped, you're just like, all right, I don't know how long. This could be 30 minutes long. This could be two minutes long. I yeah. have no idea. So, it was, that was one of those songs for me that I just I played a whole through for sure. Mm. I'll bring it. I'll bring it back to the '80s. Okay. Another '80s one, since we don't talk about '80s a lot, uh, is uh, it was kind of a one-hit wonder. But they have like a really awesome uh, album that's like very. For underground is very popular is uh, Violent Films Blister in the Sun. Oh yeah, which a lot of people don't know that that was an '80s song. It was made in '83, but I feel like there was like a second coming of it, like in the mid '90s. Yeah. That I thought it was a '90s song when it when the radio started playing it again. But yeah, yeah, I yeah, I really like the song, and I, I just I, I think I did think it was a '90s song. I didn't yeah. even mention I thought it. it was a '90s song. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's, it's really catchy, too. Just, like, another one that's just from the beginning. And it's, like, totally alternative, but they use nothing but, like, uh, acoustic guitars and stuff. Yeah. It's hmm. crazy. Okay, so it, it's really hard to choose, like, just one or a handful because there's so many songs from my childhood that just – it takes me back every time I hear it. Um, but there's one in particular by a band called Sugar Ray – Oh yeah, fly, and exactly. <laughs> sure, it's not you know uh, every morning, but it's fly, and I'm actually trying to bring them up, but they're not coming up. But uh, I remember that was the first album that had like a a parental advisory sticker on it, and mm-hmm. I was so bummed because like I was you know obviously I was not allowed to buy albums like that, so like mm-hmm. I was so bummed. I'm like, why do they have to cuss? I love that song so much. 
Yeah, a lot of those songs sounded very similar. I remember like Sugar Ray had a particular style that was always recognizable when his song started. Yeah, they were very like repetitive. They had very, very, very simple instrumentation, but the hooks were always good, so your brain could like just sit there and loop on it the whole time. I, I do feel, feel like they led strong with that song, though, because I don't feel like they, yeah. they did pass that really lived up to to Fly. Yeah, they had they had Fly, then they had Someday and Every Morning, and it was just. But none of them ever lived up to Fly. I remember someone telling me who's a, who was probably about five to ten years older than I am. I can't remember his range, but it was like I remember mentioning Fly, and he was like, "Yeah, my my friends and I we were in college when that came out, and we loved the song, so we all went out and got the album, and then we all talked about it and hated it, hated the album. It was just one of those where it like hooked us with the single, and then just the rest of the well, album. the rest of the album was kind of like a, a little bit of like of a harder rock almost, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Every album after that was a little bit more poppy, kind of like Fly was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I always wanted that song to come back around, but I really like the only one that came back like that song eventually was um, Island in the Sun by Weezer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's like a 2000s ish, maybe 1999, 2000 yeah. uh, song, but. Um, I love that song, too, yeah. for the same reasons that I would have loved Sugar Ray. Sure. Well, we'll get to – I mean that actually brings up something I want to talk about, but we'll, we'll get to in a second. It's just – so it's in your brains. Favorite bands from 80s, 90s. Um, be thinking about it. And I'm going to go real quick to another song that when it comes on, immediately transports me back to where I was whenever it was popular. And uh, it's this song. Uh, yeah. OMC. How, how bizarre. How bizarre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this was a very polarizing <laughs> song. I, I, I thought everybody loved this until a few years ago when I just kept hearing people whenever I brought it up, like, oh, man, I hate this song. Yeah, I think I was. this was kind of like the Matchbox 20 Santana version for me, where like, I remember yeah. hearing about this on some commercial or something like that. I heard this song, and I was like, what is that song? And I didn't have the internet to look it up or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I remember just like asking around people, and I'm like, you're a music fan? What is this song? Blah, blah, blah. Like, sing it to them, and it didn't really ever work out. And I eventually figured it out. And by that time, it had totally just been like burned into the ground. Yeah. And everyone hated it, but all of a sudden, I liked it because I knew who it was. <laughs> it is one of those things where it was played all the time. Yeah, it definitely was. All the time. Yeah. I, I can remember that song like I said I have certain memories tied to songs and for that song whenever I hear that song for some reason I'm taken to middle school like being picked up at school uh, sitting in the <laughs> in the parking lot waiting for my dad to pick me up that song man it was everywhere okay so just real quick what were your favorite bands well that's a mine is definitely Blink-182 I kind of yeah. mentioned it halfway in the in the first episode and I'm going to try not to go super tangent on this but like I remember I was at my uh, brother-in-law's house and he had that I can't remember what the channel was called but it was like a music video channel that had like a a lower third of like uh, when you would call in you would like type in the box yeah it was something like Mm -hmm. that and I remember seeing Josie the video for Josie and I was like I was completely sold on Blink-182 at that point and that's still my favorite Blink-182 song is hearing that and uh, I was just sold on that, and I immediately got Dude Ranch, and that's my all-time favorite album. Yeah. And uh, just every song on that just just grabs me. And that's definitely, like, that's when I found out what punk rock was, and I was just sold from that point on. Yeah, this is Josie. Yeah, my girlfriend takes me home and I'm too drunk 
this is one of those songs that takes me back. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I forget about Josie all the time when I talk yeah. about Blink One Eighty Two songs, but that was a great one. And it's like a lot of people, like you said, like know know them fr- probably like early two thousands, but like yeah. Dude Ranch was my Blink One Eighty Two, and then In the State came out in ninety nine, and that was like that's mm-hmm. probably one of the best pop punk records of yeah. all time. Totally. And uh, and it's funny because like I that's kind of what got me into graphic design because like once we got into like the 2000s they were big into like wearing Atticus which was like kind oh, of yeah. a company that they wore a lot of yeah. time and I thought to myself I want to have my own like company like that so like I made my own clothing company called Caster and I basically just type out some things and like uh, and cool fonts or whatever some sweet word art yeah and my, my friend and I started and he had like a screen printing machine at his uh, school so we'd screen print our own shirts and I got so into designing these shirts that, that uh, these ba- local bands we would sponsor, uh, we would would ask me to design their shirts. And then mm. that eventually led me into designing uh, T-shirts full-time yeah. uh, mm. for graphic design. And to bring it back around, uh, I think it was 2012, right after they uh, Blink-02 got back together, they reunited – I got to design T-shirts for them. Oh, really? So That's I got crazy. to design for the band that got me into That's this whole awesome. industri- industry That's to cool. begin with. And I've even gotten to meet uh, Mark and Tom a few times, really? which is very cool. So is Tom as big of a D-bag as he seems? And as <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just yeah. stay on their music. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, uh, just real quick, I had a friend that went to an Angels and Airwaves concert, and he said that he went in just being such a fan of – Tom and, and Angels and Airwaves too. I mean, yeah. they were pretty good oh, yeah. for their short-lived part. But then he, he went. He went, and apparently Tom was just super drunk and just insulting everybody in the yeah. audience. And anyway, yeah, Tom was definitely my favorite of the band. But like, I was a big Angel, Angels and Airwaves fan too. Yeah. But like, I, I, he's such a drama queen. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. But I love him for it. Yeah, <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. What you got, Colin? Uh, I think I had two albums that or full albums that stuck out to me from the 90s that I feel like I listened to a ton. Not necessarily my favorite songs are all on them, but as a full album, probably the most. And that was uh, um, No Way Out by Puff Daddy and the Family. Nice. <laughs> I just listened to that a ton. Um, one. And there's tons of songs that are like I'll Be Missing You and all that stuff was on that album. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other one, which is kind of like a throwaway, but it's still one of us to a ton, is Big Wheelie Style by Will Smith. Yes. I just listened to that album a ton. And it's so silly even looking back. Like it was such a just silly, playful rap. Like I feel like it was like dad rap in a certain way when you listen back to it. <laughs> of but course. It was so awesome then because you could memorize all the songs and you had just the two of us on it well, and all that mess. But you look, I mean, I look back and just be like, you know, okay, well, you know, Will Smith, his career. Just oh has anybody had a career like him? Where he, he hasn't aged though, which is kind of cool. He, he kind of like starts out as a rapper, but then goes into a TV star, which then turns into a movie star, which then he starts rapping again, and then starts making raps for all his movies, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's just dramatic. Hey, what's that? I said, then he joined Scientology. <laughs> then he joined Scientology, and all of a sudden now he's this big actor that <laughs> is in all these dramatic things, and um, yeah. you know gets nominated for an Oscar, and yeah. and then has kids that no one loves or no one likes, yeah. and <laughs> but they're still famous because Will Smith. <laughs> they're they're still famous because internet, really. Um, and have you ever, by the way, have you ever read some of Jalen Smith's? Is it, it's Jalen, right? His tweets. Jaden, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith. Yeah, that's his, like his Twitter yeah. account. If you haven't done that, go and search him on Twitter and read his tweets. They're the best. Yeah. And by the best, I mean they're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's too bad. 
I liked him yeah. in the Karate Kid reboot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did Bill Smith. <laughs> Ouch. Exactly. Well, and so I, you know, as someone who doesn't have any kids or is not in the realm of what's popular now, you know, from like let's say middle school and down, or maybe even higher, do you sit, mention Will Smith and are they are they like you mean Will Smith's dad or like Jaden Jaden Smith's dad or do they still say oh Will Smith yeah that guy from that In Light Shyamalan movie or whatever it is that he's done recently. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Ashley, have you thought of what your favorite band was? Um, I'm, I think I must have um, – I, I probably went all over the place when I was talking earlier because I was talking about albums and songs and it all muddled together. So I apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. that. But I, uh, as a female in the 90s, no doubt was probably my favorite band. They were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that al- Tragic Kingdom album is – I, again, I think top five albums of the '90s for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they for were sure. such a great band. Um, there weren't many other bands that were popular that had female um, leaders, unless it was the Spice Spice Girls. So this was like an actual like band. Um, uh, you know, there was also you know um, Shirley Manson with Garbage, which yeah. did love Garbage, mm-hmm. um, but No Doubt was the quintessential for me, and I love that album. And I loved and speaking of No Doubt, the other band that was for me was Bush. I loved Bush. Hmm. I loved oh, yeah. all of their albums. Yep. 16 Stones specifically was a tremendous, tremendous album. I loved um, I loved that they got married and like I was like, my 90s are coming together. It's <laughs> like, amazing thing. And now they're divorcing, which is terrible. And Again? Are they really? Yeah. They, oh, that's so sad. Or they're separated. I know. Like when I found out, I, I literally like the, ni- the 90s part of me died a little. Um, I feel yeah. like then they break up a while ago and then get back together. It's so and hard to keep again. track it of really that stuff is. now. Um, I don't know. If they're still together, that would be great. But, you know, they created this, they have these children and I'm like, these children are like birthed from nineties. <laughs> like these children are nineties royalty, but yeah. I loved Bush and they were a great band. And, um, as far as like being influential on my life now, not, I, I can't say, you know, I, I guess, I, I guess I would have to say, I would have to say no doubt just because, you know, there was all that like girl power and stuff and no doubt. And it wasn't like a girl group that, oh, that's for girls. Like guys, just like he said, you know, guys love no doubt too. Like you, it was Gwen Stefani. She was awesome. And, and this is not girl power as in Spice Girls. No. Girl power. Mm-hmm. This is like actual punk. She, like she was, a, she was a front runner of a band of all men except for yeah. her. Like she, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's awesome. And she was such, like, a fashion icon, too. Like, everybody, every girl I knew wanted to dress like her. Oh, totally. And I can remember, like, actually when she first came out, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the kind of ska thing was happening then, too. So there was, like, part of me that was thinking, oh, she, because they kind of had a little bit of a ska sound, and I think they even started out that way. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, these people might be a flash in the pan, but they weren't. They totally had their own unique sound that wasn't part of that, like, ska revival that happened that... yeah. They weren't trombone dependent back then, like some <laughs> some of the ska bands. Yeah, and I there may or may not be a video out there of me lip syncing to "I'm Just a Girl" oh, as a be- middle schooler. Speaking of speaking of my sister and how she manipulated me to do uh, <laughs> embarrassing things, but uh, no, I mean that's that's great. I remember. Tragic Kingdom, and I stole that CD from you all the time. <laughs> Listening to it, and yeah, that's great. So. I guess that about about wraps it up. Um, thanks for coming on, Ashley. 
and, and getting on here. You participated yes. in our crazy – and again, I think you know we, we bounced all over the place with this one. We went through a whole bunch of music, artists, CDs – and everything, and that just shows, like, hey, we're just basically doing this off the top of our heads. We have kind of a rundown, but I like just having this conversation, and I bet we could go another hour. Uh, easy. I could talk all night long. We hardly even touched on the 80s at all. Uh, exactly, and which is what we tend to do because we really remember the 90s. But So we'll have you on in a future episode for sure, and we might even play a little game to test your music trivia and your music knowledge. Yes. Um, I know you were super good at Name That Tune and also um, like filling in lyrics and stuff like that, so we'll have to play with that. That would be so much fun. Totally. Okay. So uh, thanks for listening again, guys. I know that was a ton of stuff, but, I mean, if you wanted to just jump in on this conversation with everything that we mentioned, we mentioned so much stuff, I'm sure everybody at least had to relate to some of the things that we mentioned. Hop on Twitter, at PassForwardCast, and tell us your favorite album, your favorite band, your favorite song, your favorite one-hit wonder, whatever it was from the 80s and 90s, and we'll touch on it in the next episode at the beginning uh, of the episode. And, uh, of course, we have an email, too, uh, PassForwardCast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We Do we have a Snapchat, even? Uh, I, I can uh, – yeah, sure. We, we have sure, we can start the Snapchat thing um, – yeah, that's very not retro, the Snapchat. That's too popular, I feel like, for yeah, us to We do. need a friend star and a Zanga if we're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah, look us, look us up on, on the social media stuff. I mean, if you are our age, you know how to Google and you know how to search uh, for, for Pass Forward Podcast. will come up. So, yeah, just join in the conversation, speak to us, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Deuces. Later, snorks. Later, snorks.